Hey, welcome listeners. Here's another Escape from Plan A episode for you. I'm hosting tonight, Chris. I'm here with Liza. Hey, Liza. Hey. Tonight, just the two of us. Um, I, I just want to thank Teen and, and the DGens. Uh, they've been holding the fort for the last few weeks. I think in the last episode, um, Teen said that, I had said that, since everything everywhere all at once won Best Picture and all those Oscars, uh, we kind of just ran out of stuff to talk about. And in that, yeah, there's some truth to that because a lot of Plan A was talking about media criticism. But, you know, we, I mean, we criticize everything everywhere all at once. Um, a lot of us are not big fans of the movie, but can't deny that a lot, a big part of Asian America really wanted media representation. And now that we have it, what the hell do we have to talk about anymore? At least <laughs> in this old mindset, right? So, uh, but I think we're here to talk about Beef, which is the new netflix series i dropped i think what is has it been a couple of weeks liza like what you, it's, been you about, it's been about two or three weeks right and i started watching it a week after it came out because everyone just kept telling me it was really good and i had no idea what it was about so i mean i heard about it like a month before which wasn't really on my radar so i didn't even realize it was a series and that's what initially turned me off but i'm glad that i watched it yeah, when you told me to watch it, and it's a series, because you first, because I I thought it was a movie actually, because I'd heard of it I a while it was a back, movie too. Mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, it's a series, and you initially said, oh, then I'm out, but then you watch it, <laughs> and you told me you have to watch it. I, I knew it had to be good because yeah, you this wa- is a show that was not on my radar because it's a series, and I had no idea what I was getting into when I began watching. I thought it was going to because Ali Wong is in it. I thought it was going to be another rom-com. And then I thought it was so funny when you said that. And also because it was called beef, I thought that one of them was going to be playing a chef again. So I thought it was going to be like another always be my maybe. So imagine my pleasant surprise when I watched episode one. I could totally be being a movie where she heads like the first all female staff at like some old boys network type of steakhouse, (laughs) like like a Keens or or like a Peter Luger in New York. (laughs) um and hey I, i'm sure there's a script like that flying around somewhere but you must have seen it and you, your expectation would have just been like what the hell right if that's what yeah. you're expecting Th- this is this is a show that um this is a show that people will be talking about not just for the next week or two but probably years to come yeah and what i said about everything everywhere all at once for better or for worse marking the end of a Asian American arc that was, you know, very obsessed with media representation and all that. You really can't do much better than basically batting 100 at the Oscars. So if that arc's ended and and we're looking to Asian American culture, I think what compelled us to to pot about beef is that it's the first time I felt in a long time where I thought there's something new on the horizon. It's no longer just Asian Americans saying, we, you know, when I was a little boy or girl, I wanted to have the Asian American version <laughs> of some 90s artifact or, or even 80s artifact. But this seems like something, uh, it's not even that new though, because I, I, it's really picking up the spirit of Better Luck Tomorrow, which came out like 20 years ago. And This is better for, though. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, like, I haven't really weighed them against each other especially since, you know, one's a movie and one's a series. But for whatever reason, nobody touched this type of Asian-American narrative for mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah, uh, I seriously thought that with Everything Everywhere All at Once winning at the Oscars, I thought that the natural progression was going to be like, 
um, all Asian Pride and Prejudice or like, I don't know, just start race bending all of the European stuff, but sticking Asian people in it, you know, like what mm-hmm. they're doing with Bridgerton and like Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was going to be where the next step was. So, I mean, it still could be, but if we go in this direction, I'm even, I'm much more supportive if this is the direction that it goes in. Right. And, you know, I, I've been like talking to some of my like, you know, Asian American friends we have, especially the ones who met through Plan A. And I think for a long time, I think this is what people have been wanting, even if they yeah, didn't I really want know it. Story. Want a good story. The one that's not so uh, worried about outward presentation and actually is more in the spirit of, of things we see coming out of Asia. Because, yeah, yeah. And the, the creator of this, Lee Sung-jin, I, I've been really trying to dig up his bio because I'm just curious about his background. Know, I don't know anything else he's done. This is probably his biggest project because I've Oh, for sure. He's, he only has a couple of uh, credits before. I think one of them is that animation with Tuca and Birdie, which I didn't see, but I heard was really good. And and maybe a short film here and there. Nothing, but this is definitely his biggest project. Mm-hmm. But he was born in Korea, which I think is an important part of his biography. It's probably why he's not so uh, mired in that pathetic Asian American mindset. Yeah. I don't know when he immigrated, but I'm guessing he has enough ties to Korea that you know he doesn't end up like a lot of the Asian Americans uh, we know. And he's not young. He's I think he's no like 41. stranger to Asian American culture, though. Right, it seems I, I'm like guessing he knows his way around based on the subtext that we're given in the show. Oh, for sure. I, I I'm guessing he probably immigrated. I'm gonna say probably in college, like, late elementary school. Actually, I was gonna say. Oh, that early? Like, well, I heard. I didn't. I didn't see many interviews, but I heard him talk. Okay. He doesn't really talk with an accent, so I'm guessing he's like 1.5 Gen. Okay. Uh, All right. but All right, elementary school then. We'll put it there. Yeah, that's just my rough guess. But as I said, he's he's not like some young guy. He's he's 41, from what I can tell so how old um, are the daniels they're about in the mid 30s okay i think daniel kwan's like 34 35 mm-hmm. i think it was he and i were born the same year uh so it, this has this like asian spirit like asian asian spirit not asian american spirit uh which i think is why a lot of people well, find it this is refreshing. southern california Right, but but even in that, like I mean, like you know, Wang Fu is Southern Californian, but it's like, we don't get this sense from it, right? It's this, you know, <laughs> I it's forgot that, they existed. Yeah, it's that violent rage of of Asia that comes through finally in an Asian American work, uh-huh. which we hadn't seen really since since Better Luck Tomorrow, which was an anomaly as it is. But I'm very happy to see it here, and I'm, Why I'm does excited. This remind you so much of Better Luck Tomorrow? Just because well, it's like it's set in the same area you know southern california it involves these uh asian american social circles you know they're not just you know an asian american who who is in non-asian circles these take uh especially into danny's world you, you get a glimpse into that whole like kind of koreatown type of crowd um so is that's it the tone too because it just gets so dark yeah and the whole just you know e- e- especially with like the Amy Lau character played by Ali Wong, you know, the outwardly respectable, presentable Asian American having a very dark side mm-hmm. is, is very better luck tomorrow. Uh, all right. So why don't we just delve right into episode one and, and just kind of do a, a episode by yeah. episode run through right. and then we can throw Let's in our talk. commentary, 
carry as it as we go. So okay, so the the show starts with Danny, who's played by Steven Yoon. He's at like a, a Lowe's or Home Depot, dropping off DC Bachi it's Grills. It's called Forsters in the show. Oh right, right, but yeah. yeah. It's it's a home improvement uh, chain of stores that I think is based off of Lowe's. Mm-hmm. And trying to return these. Uh, hibachi grills and we're like okay he's probably up to something we don't quite know what it is and then you know he doesn't get a return they don't accept his returns he's already kind of like pissed off and then as he's trying to pull out of the driveway he almost crashes into uh this uh white bm not bmw i think it's a mercedes or whatever Mm -hmm. suv yeah and you know there's a big contrast right away because there's the white mercedes suv versus Mm -hmm. his red beat up dusty pickup, pickup truck, truck. yeah and she, then they, she, you know, uh, we don't see the driver in the white mercedes but mm-hmm. um they start honking their horn like crazy flipping he flips them off and they start screaming and then he starts chasing the white yes. mercedes and they go into uh they chase each other through a bunch of fancy suburban la neighborhoods mm-hmm. and then that road rage incident becomes all consuming to these two characters. And over the course of the next two years, they drag their friends and their families into their destruction. Talk about obsession and revenge. This is, this is a dark comedy that is all about actions and consequences. Yeah. And I think action is the key word because like the first real, Within the first five minutes, you get a very exciting car chase. Yeah. And you contrast that with you know, your typical Asian American work, which is all about identity or <laughs> your relationship with your parents and stuff like that. Um, it's intergenerational not until, trauma. It's not until Ali Wong, it's not until the white Mercedes pulls into a beautiful, expensive home in Calabasas that we finally see the driver, and it's Ali Wong. Right. All right, so let's talk about these two characters. Uh, okay, so let's start, for, start off with Danny. Danny is played by Steven Yoon. He's mm-hmm. a contractor. He, I don't think he, he ever went to a, college. He owns like a struggling contracting business called Acho Service because his name is Danny Cho. Yes. He, it's a little corny, mm-hmm. but that just shows that he's he's not the most clever guy when it comes yeah. to business. Yeah, and he's like solidly like blue collar working class. I mean, we later find out he he didn't go to college. He lives in this very depressing apartment that looks like a motel with his younger mm-hmm. brother Paul, whom we can talk about later. His parents had to go back to Korea because they they their family business was a motel, but it closed. <clears throat> and then we get hints they, they drop hints that there was some kind of police raid because of this. Uh, no good cousin of theirs whom we'll meet later mm-hmm. so you know he's just struggling to get by he has this brother who is kind of like this gamer uh bitcoin like hustler fuckboy kind of guy yeah yeah and danny is trying to play these both these roles as older brother but also parent and uh, what what did you think of Danny as a character? I mean, without going too far ahead into the plot, just like overall, when you watch like the first two episodes, what, what are your impressions of him? He's a very broken character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get the he sense... He tries, he tries earnestly, but he's just so broken and he's not that clever. Um, right. And I, I get the sense that he's the type of person who... 
is is he because a lot of his life is filled with disappointments he um he's a type who will willingly take sacrifices uh in the thought that he's doing a greater good to the people around him even though they don't particularly want it because it's kind of like the only thing he has left it's like okay so i, I didn't go to college i have this crappy job um yeah i get no time to myself he doesn't have a he's not in a relationship or you know dating around or anything he has nothing so at least he has suffering and he wants that suffering to mean something so you mm-hmm. know he'll tell paul you know i, I do all this stuff for you and mm-hmm. then we, we'll, we'll find out later that he's actually been a extremely detrimental force to Paul's life. So what we're uh, describing sounds really dark, but it's actually very funny without well, the, the show, comedy. Yeah. It would be so tragic and thank right, God it, for the comedy because I thought the writing was good. And I actually laughed out loud a bunch of times, which mm-hmm. I don't usually do. Yeah. And I thought one of the funniest things is the Danny and Paul's relationship uh, because I could relate. I mean, my relationship to my brother is very different from Danny to Paul, but I am. What's the age difference brother. between you and your brother? Just one year. Whoa. And I, and I, I thought it, you guys were way further apart. No, no, we're just one year. And I mean, this show kind of doesn't know its own timeline, but Danny's supposed to be. I was thinking be- about that. Let, let's, mm-hmm. let's, so let me just get this out of the way just so we can, um, mm-hmm. I don't understand when this is supposed to take place. It has a nearly all 90s soundtrack, but then they're using iPhones and talking about cryptocurrency. Then what is the age difference between Danny and Paul? Like they say it's three years, but Danny keeps referring to Paul as a child and a minor. Meanwhile, Danny himself has to be in his mid to late thirties. And then there's the issue about Paul applying for college using paper applications which nobody has done since the nineties. <laughs> yes. And just um, like the car models, the, I mean, the, the car that Danny drives could easily be from the early two thousands or the nineties, but Amy's car is, that is a new model. Mm-hmm. Mercedes I, truck. I mean, this is clearly sometime in the 2010s, at least, you know, this is people mm-hmm. have Instagram and things like that. So, you know, it could, let's just say it's 2015, give or take three years. It, it wouldn't, make a whole lot of difference i think well that still doesn't uh, answer the age difference between danny and paul right and and danny saying to paul you're just a child we could take that as a figure of speech even minor that could just be you know big bro trying to talk down to little bro but even officially three years apart though they seem way further apart in age right right so the thing that doesn't quite make sense is we know they're three danny years apart seems because more like an uncle figure than just being right. three years older Right, because because in a later episode, I think it's like episode eight, when you get to see them when they were little kids, they're the same uh, age practically. Well, a little Danny says to little Paul, like, you know, like, I, I'll just you know, three years. Like, if I just stay out of school for like three years or something, we can, we can graduate at the same time and we can go to school together. So we know it's three years. But yes, Danny also makes when he's talking to Isaac, who's who's the cousin played by David Cho. They talk about like Johnny Carson being their comedy idol i'm like what the hell like okay let's say that um yeah when was the last time johnny carson was on tv right right. like liza you don't remember johnny carson right like wasn't he dead even like because you're not that much older than me like but you know johnny carson wasn't around by the time i mean if these if, if these characters are supposed to be around our age wouldn't it be more like a letterman or something? Yeah, exactly. Like, like Johnny Carson, I thought was like retired in the seventies or whatever. Maybe if you wanted to go really old, it would still be something 
Arsenio Hall, maybe. Right, right. Uh, it, it, that I found very uh, bizarre. I could see like Isaac being older because well, I mean, maybe he, this he is what older, happens but... when you have um, what's the director's name again? Lee Sung Jin. Yeah. Well, but he's he's also like forty one. He doesn't remember Carson un- unless he he watched like, old bootleg tapes from. Maybe he from, did. I don't know. Yeah, but you mentioned the soundtrack. Did you, what did you think of the soundtrack? It was very um, like yeah. late nineties, early two thousands. I did not like the soundtrack in all the earlier episodes, but then when you get to episode nine and ten, Bjork's "All Is Full of Love." That's one of my favorite Bjork songs. And then Smashing Pumpkins Mayonnaise, that's one of my favorite Smashing Pumpkins songs. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, yeah. do, do you know the song Bjork, All is Full of Love? Have you ever seen I, her do it live? I don't know any Bjork songs. And outside of like Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, I don't know much about Smashing Pumpkins songs. Well, Smashing Pumpkins Mayonnaise comes from their best album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one with the Siamese twins on the mm, cover. Yeah. Yeah, and right. Bjork's All is Full of Love is from her, it's from one of her earlier albums. I think it's 95's Post, but mm-hmm. ugh, that song is so good. That is right. like, you, you got to YouTube some of the live performances. She's such a good singer. All right. Because I wasn't a fan of the soundtrack because I... Well, the Hoobastank and the Bush songs in the early episodes, oh they suck. That song, but the reason by Hoobastank, one of the worst songs ever that, written. I hated yeah, it when it's I came out. It's the, it's the I hated end it, of I hated episode one. Now. I thought it's, it was a bit though because the the scene it's a meme that it plays song. on it should top be a meme of song. is really funny, right? And it's but still, I, I don't want to hear that song okay, ever. So it's so it's bad. It's actually a perfect choice, even though the song sucks. It's called "The Reason," and Amy Lau is chasing Danny down the street because he just took a piss in her bathroom, and he's laughing all the way to his car. She never right. catches up to him, and the song "Who Was Saying The Reason." is playing and it actually works it works very well even if you hate the song it's cheesy it's corny (sighs) but it's making light of the situation that we don't realize is going to get so dark around episodes eight nine and ten i just had this you don't you don't realize just how destructive these two are going to get right but i just have this big aversion to any like conspicuous nostalgia by songs of that era, I'm talking like late '90s to, to early 2000s. Well, There's like just something. You smells like Teen Spirit, right? But that's, that's more like early '90s. I'm talking more like you know, like, like pop punk or emo or or, or like Bush know, or teen pop, the '90s kind of teen pop thing. I think it's because I know that era too well, so I know when they're cherry picking too much. Was like, oh, Stank in the '90s actually? No, no, no. It was like early 2000s. Yeah, I was. I would say, guess actually, maybe two thousand and two, two thousand and three. I think was like the what a terrible time for music. Uh, yeah, that, that was not a good time for culture in general. Uh, but well, that's where it, they're living, so you know. <laughs> but but see, but you brought up, brought up a good point. Like, if the setting isn't kind of like the the twenty tens, like why is the music from that era? <laughs> And I, maybe it I has to do with Danny's. I am forgiving of Bjork and Smashing Pumpkins. I am kind of forgiving about the corniness of Hoobastank. But <laughs> Bush, I don't like Bush. And then I'm I don't even remember the other songs in the other episodes. Right. Uh, I'm guessing it reflects the subjectivity of Danny and Amy. Because they're both around 40-ish. I mean, I think that's actually Stephen Yoon and Ali Wong's actual age. So... Yeah, maybe from their character's point of view it would be all from their music but I just, I just don't I like music from that era because that's kind of 
my adolescence. But I don't like it <laughs> when it's used this way because I, I, often it's just I think too it becomes too emphasis. You know, you know, kind of like if there's like a. So you think that Bjork's all is full of love and smashing pump- pumpkins mayonnaise was hamfisted though? Well, I didn't even recognize those songs. I didn't even listen to them. But the, the other songs, I like, I I can't think of them off the top of my head. But I, I recognize them. Like, oh, okay, so this is probably some older millennial or young <laughs> young Gen X guy. Well, he is like, older yeah, millennial. He's forty one. Right. right. So it, it's kind of like let's say you you grew up in in the the sixties and then you watch a sixties movie and of course they're gonna play the birds. They're gonna play the zombies. <laughs> you're like, oh god, like. Like everyone knows those songs. Like go go a little deeper, please. I I would appreciate it if he played some songs that were a little bit less known. But it's just like I've, I've heard these songs too many too many times before. So anyway, we're, we're getting off a bit off track. So uh, yeah, that's tangential. Let's go for the characters. Let's so, right, so we're, we're we, we talked a bit about Danny. Now. Let's talk about the other characters that have. Already yeah, let's talk about introduced. Amy. Let's talk about the Ali Wong character. What 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 do you think of Amy? Amy is a horrible person. She's very broken. She is. She is Danny's soulmate. Uh, right. But the interesting thing, though, is that she was never actually supposed to be an Asian woman. She was supposed to be a middle-aged white dude. In fact, I think I heard the I read the name Stanley Tucci being thrown around as as maybe somebody who whom the part was written for. So I can see him doing this, but I think it works better with Amy with uh, Ali Wong. Yeah, no, she. I, I think I I think she played. The character very well. I, and I certain- find Stanley Tucci to be too sympathetic, and I find Ali Wong <laughs> very unsympathetic. Anyway, a so Ali Wong's character, Amy, she is the breadwinner of her family. She's the entrepreneur of this new agey houseplant business, and throughout the series, she's looking to get acquired by that same home improvement store called Forsters, mm-hmm. and she's very tightly wound and stressed out. She's married to George, who we'll get to in a little bit, but she has a lot of weird sexual kinks. Episode yeah. one, she masturbates with that handgun. Mm-hmm. And then there's those flashbacks with the rendezvous and hotels with random strangers that she meets on the internet. Mm-hmm. She, she's got issues. I think she has a lot more issues than Danny does. Uh, Danny tries yeah. to kill himself in one episode. And then he gives up and he's like, this is not the way. And mm-hmm. he uses those same three hibachi grills that he was trying to return in episode one. But, but right. I, Amy's way more screwed up. Also, yeah, Amy's big dream is to get bought out by some big corporation like Forrester so then she can... Do nothing uh, all day and just hang out with her family. Well, she wants to spend more time with her daughter, her husband, George, who is played by this guy, Joseph Lee. Whom All right, people let's, might get to George. let's get to George now. Whom people might recognize, he played John Cho's brother in Searching. Um, and he's... Oh, the that's s- where I've seen him before. Yeah. Yeah. He's a son, he's a son of a, a famous like Japanese-American artist well, not, type. Not, so in, Maybe in, like a Noguchi type. You, you mean and, here, in this show? Yes. He's and, a lovable idiot. Yeah, he's hapless. He's, he's old money because he's like a legacy of this renowned art family. Right. And he's, he's very babied by, by kind of his creepy mom with whom he has a creepy relationship with. <laughs> he's never, I mean, he's like a, you know, well-connected, well-off, very handsome guy. He probably never had to work much in his life for anything. So mm-hmm. he has this very childish quality to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, he is part of the reason why. Dad. Ali Wong wants to be seen as an accomplishment because 
he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to worry about it, but she does. Yeah, and he, as I said, he's like a stay-at-home dad. He seems to be like pretty cool with it. I mean, you get some hints of like disappointment or resentment here and there, but for the most part, he seems to be generally okay with it. I mean, did you get that sense or did you get the sense that he was like, he was angry about it? I think people could maybe read it both ways. I think he was too idiotic to care. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I again, I think we'll get to when we get to later episodes. I thought he was being set up to be this like slimy kind of no, thing, he's but an innocent I, all the way through. But it, it, but by the end, I thought he was a nearly pretty genuine innocent, guy. Nearly yeah. innocent. He was just he's just a little dim and not very, uh, you know, he's like he's a bore, <laughs> and his art sucks. I couldn't tell if it was supposed to suck or not because, you know, it could be that, oh, this is so out there. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know much about, like, you know, fine art in, in, you know, physical, like, sculptures and stuff. So I couldn't quite tell. But, yeah, in the end, his own, his own mom says, like, he, he's not an artist. So that's, uh, that's pretty uh, damning. Let's go um, back to Danny's side. Let's do Paul. Oh, okay. So Paul, uh, I love Paul. I think everyone I love loves Paul. Paul. Paul is played just by what's what's the actor's name? Young Mazzino. That's a that's an interesting name. Is he Filipino? Mazzino. I'm guessing it's Japanese, but then no no Japanese person's first name is Young. You know that's like that sounds more is like a he Chinese like Korean, name. Korean Japanese? Is he Korean Filipino? I I actually have no idea. His I mean, face I, is very Korean. That is true. I, I feel like he he has like a is like it a, a stage Korean name face. maybe? Okay, I'll just look it up right now. But you know, I when, when you see him, you're like, okay, so. He kind of, you know, he's just gaming all day. Is going to be some kind of, you know, basement dwelling loser. But then, you, you he's, could, set, you know, he's set up to be a sleazeball, but he's not. He's actually. He's definitely the the best person in terms of. In Danny's crew, yes. Or I think overall, I, I can't think of anybody overall? who's more like who who's like more better than him in, in like in terms of character and. All right. Morals. Yeah, you're right. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. Through the list of characters in my mind and i'm thinking yeah i think oh Paul, shit you're right he is korean american maybe he's like one of those like zainichi koreans or whatever because mizino's what definitely a, sounds like a japan like a korean who grew up in japan oh, for various reasons okay um but anyway yeah he just um his character is very boyish but also more mature than than a lot of others when it comes down to it. Because he actually was he's the more moral petty one. Petty and insane. Yeah, because he's, he's more not... moral than Danny. He's definitely more moral than Isaac. Okay, oh, let's yeah. get to Isaac then. Isaac oh, yeah, is so... played by David Cho. Yeah, who he I is think... my favorite character. He gets all I mean, the best lines. He is essentially just playing himself. Uh, yeah, if you've I ever... was surprised to see him because I've never seen him in anything scripted before. And I'm pretty sure he ad libbed his lines because he's not doing any kind of heavy lifting here. He's if you've ever seen him on podcasts like Joe Rogan or David Chang's Netflix series, he sounds yeah like ugly exactly delicious the same. or mm-hmm. or like uh, any of Anthony Bourdain's shows because he's yeah. he's been on several times. Yeah, young Isaac is just a very scummy character, which is the real David Show. So he is just kind of playing himself. And I was most excited every time he was on screen because I knew he is the most comic relief for the whole show. Right, and he, but he also brings, and this is probably because, again, this is just his natural self. He does bring this kind of menace to the role. You know, he, he doesn't seem like like you, you. You could like even when he's like being friendly with with Danny and so. I mean, I, I genuinely believe this guy actually went to prison. 
he's probably capable of very bad things and yeah just just because i think he's just playing to his own natural self that that is conveyed but at the like, end he wasn't that capable of it he couldn't carry through he's yeah but he's also kind of incompetent which is why he's stuck where he is well, and why, why he he's hangs like, out with danny's crew and why he is also a comic relief as opposed to some like scary underworld boss you know he's in the end trying to uh run scams with rice cookers you know things like that they're all and like the- low-level scams Right, and, and I I thought the whole like import export thing like I don't know many California Asians, but when when I was in Korea, I did meet some of them, and you do meet these kind of kind of shady types, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I I I run a business, I do import exporting, like I you know <laughs> you kind of sound like a drug dealer. I don't know what <laughs> uh what that means, but what little I know of that world, you know, this like kind of hustler, yeah. uh. Asian crowd, which is very not represented in the very, you know, well-educated. They're the, they're MFA the Lester diamonds. Of, and you yeah. see casino, they're the Lester diamonds of the community. Who's Lester diamond? I've seen casino, but I don't know who that, I forget who that James, is. James, James Woods. Oh, okay. Remember Sharon Stone's old boyfriend that she just like can't ever get rid of. Oh, I, I don't, um, I guess I don't remember him, him very well. Well, watch okay. it again. Mm-hmm. All, All right, right, so who else? Jordan, Jordan, Jordan okay, so is Jordan played, by played by Maria, Maria Bello, Bella, who we haven't seen since Coyote Ugly, and she's the token white lady in the majority Asian cast. She's Martha Stewart essentially, and she is has this like very obnoxious, not as clean cut though. Yeah, she's like kind of like a like a very uh, like Silicon Valley type of. Martha Stewart, like she She's has, a, she is a lesbian billionaire, and she is the CEO of Forsters. Yeah, and she has people over, and it makes them do shrooms and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if Martha Stewart exactly does that, but that's definitely she's the something kind that. Of, yeah, she's the kind of um, she's the kind of health and wellness type of person that wants to live out in the desert and do shrooms. Mm-hmm. Very new agey, weird stuff. She's probably into crystals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she. But it turns out that she actually, in her home, she she has all of these artifacts that it sounds like she got them in very shady ways. Oh yeah, I'm I'm sure she like stole them somehow. <laughs> uh, but she she like this is the person that Amy has to suck up to because she wants to get uh, acquired by mm-hmm. uh, Forster, so then she can just it's like it's a ten million dollar buyout. Jordan right. wants to buy Amy's company for $10 yeah. million, but Amy wants to do nothing all day. And Jordan really wants to bring her into her inner circle and make some sort of, I don't know, girl boss out of her, someone she can hang out with. Is there some weird sexual tension between Jordan and Amy? Like Jordan has a thing for Amy. Well, we, we find out that she and Naomi, who's played by Ashley Park, are like having something. Well, that's how we know she's a lesbian. Right, so okay, I mean, Na- we, we, Naomi. Let's do Naomi yes, then. Yeah, so Naomi is like the, I guess the other Asian woman who's in. Um, she's the hot one. In in Jordan's life, and she's very threatened by Amy because the way that um, Naomi got into Jordan's life is by marrying Jordan's brother, mm-hmm. uh, whom we don't I, I think even see except for maybe in one like little cutaway scene. He's basically a non-entity. And I think by the end, it's like strongly implied that Naomi uh, 
and has, she's has, an opportunist. She's right. a social climber, kind of a gold digger. Right. But do you think her attraction to Jordan was real or was that her just like faking it? I think she's faking it. Mm, okay. That's I a, think that's... She, see it, she sees it as her chance, but I have no idea. Right, so Naomi, it... Naomi in the beginning of the series is Jordan's sister-in-law. And then by episode eight, suddenly she's Jordan's fiance, which is revealed to the audience in almost a non sequitur. Wait, fiance? Yes. Really? When? I must have missed that. Uh, Amy and George have a party at their house for George's artwork, those vases he makes. Mm -hmm. And when they're doing a toast to George, Jordan says, you know, this is my sister and former fiance, uh, former sister-in-law and now fiance. Oh, Really? She wow, says it just I right just off the totally bat like that, which that. comes off as very funny because the audience is just like, what? <laughs> oh my you God. almost want to rewind your Netflix 15 seconds to hear it again. Did she really say what I think she said? Wow. is is I guess that's like legal incest in a way. You, you're uh, leaving your husband for your sister-in-law. Um, it, I well, I, it was meant to show that Naomi and Jordan have... Uh, questionable morals oh yeah for sure uh but naomi is instantly very suspicious of amy and and later on she's the one who really tries to expose her as the one in that road rage incident which goes viral <laughs> nobody knows what the identity of the people are but i mean we can get to that later all right let, let's move on so we have one last one edwin who's edwin Edwin is the praised team leader at the Korean oh, church. Oh, uh, the, the Justin Lin character. His, yes. Okay. That so, Danny and his crew end up attending and screwing over. Okay, let, let's talk about the whole like Korean church thing. Because I, I saw a lot of people saying, oh, this is so accurate. Mm -hmm. I, I, I've i never been part of that thing. My parents were never that religious. There, I can maybe remember a year when, you know, there was like some pressure for me to go to church. But it was more like a social thing. They weren't, it was nothing religious at all. So I think it's like generally pretty accurate from what little information i have but i don't know either it's a, it's a world that's foreign to me uh filipinos all go to catholic church right and but you know just from things i can extrapolate from just like any kind of overly tight-knit social circle the kind of petty jealousies and the one-upmanship it's always going to be and drama that. and competition there that's, right I, that's honestly i thought people were going a bit overboard about how oh this is so the authentic it's like okay so i was thinking about all the korean church stuff that was like a big part of the discourse early on when the show started to pick up traction. I honestly thought that it was kind of um, reaching where people are just like, Oh, the Korean church thing. I feel it was like, it's like people aren't the audience. The show is so ahead of its time because the audience is still clinging to that identity thing. I, I feel so seen. Yeah, I even saw like Jeff Yang saying this is so authentic. Like, Jeff Yang, you're not even Korean. Like, what do you know about this scene? You know, it's just, um, it's like I, I think it it's just like it could have been a Mormon church. It could have been a Catholic Mormon. church. It could have been, it could a, have been a, a Waspy Golf Club. Yeah, it yeah, could have been one like, of those like guitar mass like evangelicals with with like the the jumbo screens. Like, what's his got Joel Osteen's people? Could have yeah. been one of those. It could be yeah, anything. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I could have written could those be an scenes Amish church, based, for God's yeah, sake. based you know on they have drama too. Yeah. Based on my like maybe collective year or two worth of going to a Korean church slash Korean school, because a lot of times Korean school was held at like a Korean church. Um, I could cobble together uh, something like that. But um, I, I think people did appreciate seeing that 
whole yeah. scene. I just didn't think that the Korean church thing was meant to be a statement of anything. Yeah. Um, so I think it anyway, just happened to be in there. Because it would oh. be easy for Danny to know the people involved at the church and then be able to scam them. Right. So, yeah. So the church is integral to the storyline because Danny has an ex-girlfriend named Veronica who's married to the Edwin. Edwin, who's played by Justin Min, who's like a big shot. He's the he's a big man on church there. He's a little Danny, prick, though. Yeah, he's obviously very insecure. He's very uh, jealous of Danny. Very jealous of Danny. And then Danny finds out that... Because, okay, another big part. Danny's trying to get a big loan because he wants to buy land for his parents so they can come back to America. But obviously, his credit history is not good. He doesn't have a lot of savings. He finds out, though, that the ch- through the church... He can get big loans and he can, you know, siphon a little money off here and there. So that's why he starts. I, I kind of forget by, why by, he went. Tr- by doing fake contracting work. Fake contracting work. I mm-hmm. kind of forget why he goes to the church in the first place. But, uh, well, and in, in now the church is, uh, you know, a big well, part of their okay, whole little so scheme. What happened was Danny and Paul, when they had the, um, the contracting business, they were hitting up their friends to do work at their homes. And they went to Veronica and Edwin's place. And then Veronica said, why don't, why don't you guys come to the church? And then one in episode three, Danny goes and he has some sort of epiphany in the very, it's a long close up shot of Danny crying while they're singing that, that church song. Right. Right. Um, so he obviously has like a deep, a song that I think is pretty famous if you're in Korean church circles, but I don't know the song. Yeah. You know, once I went to Korean church because I, I had like a big crush on like one of the, the elders there. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name was Hannah. She she used to wear these like knee-high leather boots. And I thought she was very to hot. To church? <laughs> yeah. What kind of church <laughs> did you go to? <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay. And another big part is Amy starts catfishing Paul. Uh, I forget how it starts. I think um, she wants to get, she was leaving extremely bad Yelp reviews about actual service. Right. Cause like there's a whole thing where uh, Danny uh, pretends to uh, be a helpful handyman. He pisses all over her bathroom and yeah, the other hoop is that That's how it all happens. And then she starts, uh, I guess, DMing him under a fake account. But it turns out her- to be Paul that is DMing her back. Right. Because and he has she uses- an Instagram account. Yeah, she uses the picture of her employee named Mia, who is this uh, younger white woman, and she she makes up a fake name for her and starts DMing. I forget how it ends up being Paul's phone, but Paul kind of falls for her. I guess he just st- has control of the Instagram account. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, and then and then they start. Uh, uh, you know, texting back and forth. And yeah, they Paul start DMing each other and then they start talking on the phone and then Paul... Right, there, there's a critical part where uh, Amy, she's feeling lonely. She feels... Oh, she also thinks that uh, her husband has a thing going on with Mia, like, like the actual real-life Mia. So It's an emotional is, affair. They never did anything. Right. And she she's at, I think, Jordan's and she she's just like... And, and Paul's like, you, uh, you know, want to FaceTime? And obviously she can't do that because, you know, he she's going to he's gonna know she, she's catfishing him. But he started talking. And I think for the first time in a long time, she feels like there's another person, especially a man mm-hmm. who's really listening to her and, and, and is really mm-hmm. curious about her. And then he, Paul somehow finds out that this uh, person works at Koyo House 
And he goes there, and Amy sees him coming. He she's desperate to hide the real Mia because then he's obviously she's Mia's not gonna know what the fuck's going on. Uh, but then her cover gets blown, so she uh, she you know she drags Paul outside and she confesses, "I've been catfishing you. I'm sorry. I, I've never seen anyone things. so calm." Who, Amy or Paul? Paul. I've never seen anyone so calm. I think this is when we finally realize how mature and. What a nice person he might right. be and then because he, he says, stares at her and he listens to everything she says. And when she says, I, I pretended to be somebody else, I'm, I'm really screwed up. I'm, I'm really messed up. He stares at her and he kisses her. No, before that, though, he says exactly what she needed to hear. I think you're hotter than me. <laughs> and he kisses her. And OK, so I, I want to talk about this thing that I, I, I see. Like, it's, it's very subtle, I think. And you might not pick up on it if you're not Asian. But... I think Amy has this complex about Asian men and white women. Because you see this first, obviously, with George, her husband, whom she suspects of having a thing with Mia. Turns out that they at least had an emotional affair. I mean, if you believe what he says about not having done anything, that's that's all there was. But still, she's greatly upset by that. You also find out later that her father had an affair with some, with some white lady. Mm-hmm. And I think for her, for this you know, she's probably thinking, I'm older, I, I'm this like middle-aged mom, of course, this this young, attractive Asian dude, of course, he's he's gonna look right past me for, for the, the younger white late, white girl. But then when Paul says like, no, I think you're better, I, I think that really gets at what, uh, one of like a- Amy's core insecurities. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did not until okay. you brought it up. <laughs> And then, um, and, and I also think it's it's curious that, you know, in this thing that's all about Asians, you know, they, they don't have any of that kind of like white partner discourse that, you know, always gets uh, involved in these things, except like, there's like these little instances in which um, you know that they're kind of aware of this thing, but they don't quite go there. Like, for instance, when, uh, when Danny is first, you know, he kind of scams his way into Amy's house and he sees the picture of George. And I think they're in like this Japanese garb. And he said, oh, so he's Japanese. I saw like all these people on social media saying things like, oh, that is so Asian American. Like you have to be Asian American to know how taboo it is for a Korean to marry Japanese. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Unless you're like some boomer Korean. Who said that? I've never heard that before. I, I, I saw some people on social media saying that. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nobody cares about that. You know what would really have ticked a real Danny off if George were white? And we all know that. The show didn't want to go there. because <laughs> I think said that, though. He said, I was so sure that she was going to be married to some rich white guy. Right, right. But it's kind of like said in passing. And I thought like that if, if the show really wanted to, I think, be like painfully real, George would have been white and Danny would have gotten pissed off. But I, I feel How like- How much do you want to bet that that was in the script and it was edited out? Um, I no, I feel like Lee Sung Jin edited it himself out. He probably like thought of it first, but I'm like, I can't say that. Or mm-hmm. Netflix is gonna get too mad if I put that mm-hmm. in. So I want to make no some commentary. Way that these people are friends with David Cho, and none of it didn't cross any of their minds, and he yeah. didn't say it out loud. Right, but it's it's like that rang very false to me. Like no, no, like second generation Korean American guy gives a damn that. Uh, Amy, an Amy Lau would be married to a Japanese American guy. If anything, Danny would have been happy. And he's like, okay, that's a plus one in my book. That that she's not with some, with some like nerdy white dude or something. Like he she, he would have been happy about that. He would not have been mad about that. And then there's like this other th- part where uh, Danny's at some uh, like some K Town club with Paul, 
And I think Paul is like showing him some like Tinder matches, and Danny's like, like, oh no, you don't, you don't like, like you, you gotta like marry a Korean girl, like you, you don't go out with the white devil. I'm like, no, second generation Korean American guy devil. uses that term, like white devil. What is this? You like some like in like 1930s in the in the deep south or something? Like nobody uses that. That also rang very false to me. If anything. They would be complaining about how like all, all the white girls at the club were turning them down. Like no, nobody's like at, like saying white devil. Like <laughs> you know, it's that that just again rang very false to me. It kind of felt like this like simultaneous pandering both to like Asian women. Okay, we're not gonna make you com- uncomfortable by, by bringing up the WMAF thing, but Asian guys, we're not gonna make you look pathetic by uh, emphasizing the you know whole your whole anger about that. In fact, we're gonna make it seem as if the real problem. In, in your community is that uh, that too many Asian guys like uh, Paul or, or Danny, they got to resist the lure of the white devil. And it's like, maybe Paul's age, that's more of a thing, but no way. Danny, Danny, if he's like late 30s, like early 40s, no way in hell. <laughs> he's, he's thinking like that. Um, and then, oh, did you catch also the part? It's, I think, episode like six or seven where, where Danny's like doing a porn search on Pornhub. He's looking up like AMWF porn. That, like, they know about this. Like they know that this thing so like there's like these little things thrown here and there but they never quite go there in addressing it <laughs> the, the whole like 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 if, if, if this is about asian american anger especially a lot of asian american male anger and you're not going to talk about like the wmaf thing i thought that was okay maybe it's like you're already breaking a lot of boundaries by being so explicitly angry maybe they're like okay let's do it next time or let another person handle it but it's like okay we can see where even for things that purport to really push the boundaries, we see which boundaries are still a little too much. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay. So, okay. I kind of lost track. Okay. There's a, okay. So Paul is now infatuated with Amy. Uh, Amy obviously doesn't want this to blow up. Uh, I mean, because also she's got like a business to run and she, she's like the face of her, her business, but you know, like Paul's like trying to get with her. And it culminates in him stealing Danny's truck uh, and going to Vegas because uh, Amy's there. Because, because Amy and Jordan are there for some uh, what shareholders meeting. Yeah, I think it's that, or it's some kind of like women business leaders type of meeting. I forget what exactly it was. Uh, so that uh, all right, let's, let's talk about the the big sex scene between uh, Amy and Paul. Any thoughts that you have episode, on that? Episode what six seven six? I, I think that is four or five. Um, no, because Vegas no. was episode five, right? Uh, I think it's episode four. Because episode, episode four? four, episode five is when um, Danny and Isaac are arrested. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, then they finally hook up in episode five. And, uh, or episode four. Okay. Yeah. No, they hook up after Vegas. No, they hook up at Vegas. Remember, no, like they Amy. Don't, they don't hook up in Vegas. No, trust me. Trust no, me. No, they Isaac. don't hook up in Vegas. Yeah, they do because Amy. No, they don't. They hook up at her house after Vegas. Oh wait, Mm-mm. you might be right. Mm-mm. Yeah, she invites him to her room in Vegas, but they hang out. They smoke. They smoke weed. They smoke. They weed. have a good time. All right. Yeah. No, you're you're right. My mistake. You're right. She uh, has a really really good time with Paul because he is very childlike, and. You know, he's he's just fun. He's fun in all the ways that George is not fun. Yeah, and he's like George totally into her. 
And, you know, uh, throughout Vegas, Amy has the rule, like, no physical touching. Yeah, she makes him sleep on the couch. She makes him, Yeah, makes him sleep on the couch. And, they hook uh, up after Vegas because she gets home from Vegas. Right, right, right. He is kicked out of Danny's apartment for stealing the truck. He's staying mm-hmm. at his friend's house. And his friends are saying, if you're going to stay here, you have to pay rent. And oh, then yeah. suddenly, Amy texts him and says, come over. And then Th- they hook does- up and he asks her for money. And she breaks up with him. Right. Doesn't he reach out to her first saying, I need a place to stay? I don't think so. Okay. He well, knows yeah, that uh, he can't stay with her. Right. She's, he knows that she's married and has a kid at this point. Right. Uh, so, so we got to go back to Vegas though, because there's a big uh, development in Vegas. Uh, Amy Lau is giving some like girl boss speech about being able to have it all. And then Danny and Isaac happen to be walking by like the conference room. And then they, they see her and then Danny just loses it, and and he like says like all this stuff about um like the about road his, rage incident, right? The road rage the incident thing that started the whole thing, right? And nobody knows what the hell he's talking about except Naomi, who is like very keen on bringing Amy down. She starts piecing That's it together. That's when she realizes that Amy was the woman in the truck, right? Because Danny says something about a white SUV, mm-hmm. and then she she watches the the viral video and realizes it's a white SUV, and she you know and she's like Amy. she's smart, so she she puts it together. And then, uh, so Danny and Isaac are arrested, and then they're like put under house arrest or something. Because, well, at least um, Isaac, Isaac is, is because he's got that like low jack on his ankle. Well, he's got the rap sheet. He's on parole. Uh, I think we forgot to mention. So he says like uh, the police did not believe that Dan because like Isaac punches one of the one of the cops or security guards. I don't know if he was actually a cop. So um, they don't really believe Danny was in on it all the bad stuff goes to isaac who's on parole so now he's like got that thing on his ankle and he's kind of uh on a <laughs> he downward goes spiral to church with it <laughs> oh yeah he goes to church with it and then yeah as you said uh paul and amy hook up and i i thought that was just like if i have a grudge against ali wong it was that uh always be my maybe was so sexless i thought this scene kind of made up for it because <laughs> i thought it was really well it's done hot and sweaty it was just like the buildup was so good because you got the sense of both their desperation. It felt like she hadn't been fucked like good in a long, long time. Paul is this young guy who probably just wants to stick his cock in everything. And yeah, I just thought it was, you know, there's like, you know, rarely is, is like a movie sex scene actually like very hot. But I thought that was like, wow, that, that was very well done. So <laughs> I saw I saw people online talking about it being like, you know, it's kind of like trendy nowadays to be like, oh, we should ban all sex scenes from movies or other ludicrous things like that. But I saw people, even those types of people saying like, like you know. I'm one of those people. <laughs> Wait, you also think sex scenes should be banned from movies? Or like, Most of them. Do you remember yeah. House of Gucci? Oh my goodness. You know how uncomfortable that is to watch? I don't know. Um, you don't remember House of Gucci with uh, Lady Gaga and Adam Driver? Remember those scenes? I don't remember their sex scenes, but um, I mean, I, I know Adam Driver in in the sex scenes in Girls, and they were absolutely hilarious and integral to the to the show. So I'm I'm all for I'm all for them when it's not, I guess, gross. But no, but the ones in Girls are gross, and that's the whole point. But I'm di- I'm digressing. So that is, yeah, we're, we're like kind of like an episode. This one was five. necessary because they have to consummate their affair because there's a big. It's all set up and payoff. It's all actions and consequences. It comes back to bite them both later. Right, because, you know, Danny finds out. No, 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 no. Uh, remember, remember. Paul, after they do it, 
Paul leaves the house, and what neither of them realizes is that George's mother is hiding out in the house. She she saw that? She saw him leave. She she heard the whole thing. George's mother was hiding out in their house the whole time. Huh. Why did I remember that? Like, I remember her, like, faking being unconscious when she overhears Naomi uh, and, you know, basically telling Amy, I know it's you in that road it's bridge incident. It's the entire reason why when the Echo service boys, Isaac, Michael, and Bobby, tried to rob Amy and George's house, his mother was inside the house and she got hurt and ended up in the hospital. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I think she was hiding out in the house over the Tamago chair. Right, right. And I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think we have to go too much into the tomorrow. And then chair, she but holds like, that over Amy, just adding right. to Amy's guilt about the affair with Paul. Mm, yeah, yeah, that that brings up. And she needs something from Amy too. She wants to borrow money. She's right, broke. because what we find out is George's father, while being a very famous artist, was also not a very good uh, money man. keeper, mm-hmm. whatever. So he he didn't really have a lot to give out as inheritance. So both his son and mom or not his mom, his wife aren't living it up really. I mean they have they have priceless artifacts. I don't know why, because since they're Asian, why doesn't the mother just move in with them? Isn't that what all Asian people do? Um <laughs> you move your parents in with you. Yeah, I mean th- their house is certainly huge. It's but, enormous. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe she wants to keep up the illusion of being independently wealthy of them maybe she thinks yeah, it's, I think it's on the mother's part and she yeah certainly george would love it i mean there's like this weird scene in which is he like not naked he's a mama's with his mom. boy. right but it's like amy's away and then he's i think for a second she thinks like another woman is at home and i guess technically it's true but it's his mom and he's they start having like a pillow fight it's very creepy it's just like <laughs> yeah um all right so where are we uh okay so Episode-wise, um, yeah, so you said, like, Paul asks Amy for some money or, or something, and then Amy gets pissed off, and, you know, I guess they kind of part ways Because it didn't bitterly. feel real at that point. It felt, even though we know as the audience that Paul really does have genuine feelings for Amy, it does feel odd for a man to sleep with a woman and then immediately ask for money afterwards. Right, right. Oh yeah, because he he's kind of yeah he's kind of like a hustler. He always has some like brilliant he's, like Bitcoin plan, which is obviously gonna fail. It was a very ill advised timing on Paul's part. Right, and then um, okay, so the end of episode five is when um, Isaac's idiot friends like try to break Michael oh, and Bobby. Yeah, Michael and Bobby. Why were the they there again? Um, because oh, because like Danny. Oh yeah, Danny wants to steal something right from. Amy's he wants house. to steal George's artwork. Right, but for why does he call it off again? Because George said George was taught George oh, and George and thing. Danny. It's the Zane thing. It's the subplot yeah. of Zane. So Danny right. manages to befriend George by pretending to be some guy named Zane that they met while they were running or biking Cycling. or something. Bicycling. And then and George is so desperate for a friend because you know friend. he spent yeah he, well he spends all day uh, at home with with his daughter so Cooking he's just cleaning. so happy yeah. to have another adult to talk to especially probably like another Asian dude he's like oh you know I can relate to you 
So and I, then they I, yeah. go and look at George's artwork, and Danny makes up some stuff to say about it. Oh, he, George, he knows how to he knows how to flatter George. He's like, you know, you're a creative genius essentially. And and he says and he looks at his like dad's work, and he's like, yeah, that's not that's not that good. You are like the true visionary, and George is just <laughs> like such a manipulator. But George falls so, for it. Well, yeah, because like I guess yeah. And then jo- he George in is, turn flatters Danny, and that's why uh, Danny calls it off. Right, right. I think I think but Danny's Isaac. Like, Isaac and Michael and Bobby, they try to rob the house anyway, and their dumbasses wear the Chosen Ones t-shirts that right, Isaac and like, made. Yeah, and and then Afumi, Another mom, play on the last name Cho, Chosen right, Ones. Yeah, and Afumi is home, and then she is like knocked out or something, right, because of the Michael and Bobby, who are the two burglars. Well, she, uh, she did. She try to shoot one of them, and then she fell down and hit her head. Oh yeah, yeah. And then so now, like the straight stakes are even way higher, raised. right? Or now way raised, right? Like now, yeah, because put, because of the, these, this episode leads directly to Isaac going back to jail. Right, and then for a now, full eight months. Right is is this when the eight months later happens? This is when we get to episode what seven or seven. And it says eight months later. And now mm-hmm. eight months later, the episode opens with Danny and Paul now have land and a new house for their parents. And their parents are coming back from Korea to California. Right, because Danny's scamming the church. He's like mm-hmm. siphoning off funds. He stole and- all the money that Isaac stole from the church. Right. And, for himself. Uh, and right. he let Isaac take the fall for the break-in. So Isaac is now in jail because Danny framed him. Mm-hmm. But Isaac did do it. Right. And then... Um, but but it's it's like Isaac did the break-in, but he actually went to jail for something else. Right. And then uh, Amy gets gets her... Achieves her goal. She gets acquired by Forrester's. Mm-hmm. The whole like roadblock to that thing was... Um, Jordan wanted her to stay on for another five years. But mm-hmm. after that Vegas incident, she's uh, uh, Amy's like, I, I'm down to, to keep working. So now she has her big buyout. She and George have bought this vacation home. In Ojai. Uh, wherever that is. I don't know where that is. And they, everyone seems to be at a good place. Like the, the Cho's are doing well. Mm-hmm. The Lao's doing well mm-hmm. um they even have a nanny danny has supplanted edwin as the praise leader at the church <laughs> and and he is now dating esther at the church too right, he's got right. a girlfriend now right uh, of course this is not gonna stay happy because no Isaac by the end returns. of episode eight right right everything falls apart right because like isaac comes back and now he's pissed and he now wants to kind of like take over the the church scam to pay for his. I think I think it's like some people to pay off. He maybe has attorneys to pay off. It's the Filipinos, um, right? But I think that's after he gets uh, put in jail again for taking the blame for the uh, the road rage incident. And right? Paul went to Amy and George's house and tells George that he's been having an affair with with Amy. Right, right. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is like a whole series, and I can't keep track of everything. That hap- Oh, yeah. That happens because they. Dan- okay, so at some 
fancy event at the Lao house. This is the one that I was talking about earlier. This is where it's revealed that Jordan and Naomi are now engaged. Right, right, right. So Lots earlier, of changes have happened over the past eight months. Right. Earlier, Amy had sh- uh, had sent a sext uh, of her ass to <laughs> Paul. And I forget how Danny ends up with it. Danny but- was looking for something to jerk off to, and he jerked off to Amy's picture, not realizing that it's her. Right, but how did he get it in the first place? Because he must have gotten it from Paul's phone. But regardless, that's not important. He has the picture, and then at that party... Uh, like Amy's like wearing a backless dress or something. So he sees the p- tattoo. He recognizes it, looks through his phone and realizes that his brother's his Kayla, brother, you know, the, the Kayla fake, is Amy. Kayla mm-hmm. is Amy. So then he goes and tells Paul, she's just using you to get to me. That, which which uh, was pissed. very manipulative on Danny's part because he didn't have to say all that. I guess it was sort of true i mean it, is, I it was true i think that amy the, and paul had a real connection there oh for sure but you know the genesis of that was very underhanded um i forget why he tells paul again well, it I think breaks like, paul's heart and that's why he does what he did yeah but i i, I think they were fighting at the time over something and then he, he says that to really cut him down so then paul's really paul pissed figured off figured out that when edwin came to confront danny about like I want in whatever you guys are doing, construction, whatever. Right. I want so so in. we find out that. So Paul starts to suspect things. He goes over the books. He finds out that the accounts and the invoices and the, the payables, they don't, they don't reconcile. Mm-hmm. There's more money coming in than they're invoicing for. Right. So then, um, yeah, we also find out like Edwin is not this like upstanding citizen. He, you know, he's, he's, mean to his wife he seems to be very willing to do shady things in business to get ahead that's the reason he goes to see danny he's like can't handle losing in basketball oh yeah there's like this whole basketball game that goes on that he loses to danny and then (laughs) um anyway so so paul finds out that amy might have been using him so he goes to their home and uh, you know, tells George, you know, I've been fucking your wife. And he sends George all these like texts that Amy's been sending him. And then Amy sees this because she has like some a camera on her doorbell. She rushes home, but George and her daughter, I totally forgot her name, are gone. So she is, is it now. June? Junie? That sounds about right. Yeah. And that is. Now it's like things are really unraveling. Things for her. are rolling by the time we get to episode uh, nine, because what ends up happening is Danny tries to go to George's house and talk him, try try to get some information from him. Ends up knocking him out, and because at this point Amy has also told George that Zane is Danny. Mm-hmm. So everyone knows who everyone's everyone is now. All the lies are are uh, coming out. Danny knocks out George, tries to drive away, only to discover that Junie is in the back of Danny's truck. Right. So there's an Amber Alert that goes out, and to make things worse, um, Isaac, who'd been in jail because he took the fall he's for... out now and he wants his money back yeah he's out we're because missing I... something remember danny and paul's house burns down right right and they suspect amy did it 
They think that Amy did it, but really it was Danny's false, faulty wiring. It was yeah, his, his fault. own incompetence because you know he was boasting. I, I like built this house myself, and then the uh, the ins- insurance guy or or like a fire fire marshal was like, no, some idiot. You know, use like fourteen gauge wiring on this like <laughs> X volt thing. He's the idiot. He's the idiot, and good for him in that he gets the uh, insurance money because they say if it were arson, they don't get anything. So it's good for Danny, but he can't stand taking the blame for it. So he tells Paul that it was actually Amy who burned the in, house down. Who who burned the house down? So then, um, so now they got they got Amy's daughter, uh, and and now the cops are looking for this like kidnapped thing so so isaac sees an opportunity to ask for ransom for junie he and asked for that's 500 how he grand. Make the money to pay off the filipinos right and, and he, episode up- nine is the climax this is the payoff for the whole show right so uh isaac calls amy says oh you know i want five hundred thousand dollars bitch you know or i'm gonna i'm gonna mark your daughter and then she's like of course i'll pay i but actually then- love this part because she starts talking about how, you know, I don't even know how to withdraw $500,000 cash. I want to give you the money, but I, I have to move stuff around between accounts and that could take days. And that is something that I've often thought of in movies where a ransom is mm-hmm. needed. I'm like, how do people get the money? How does, <laughs> you can't just go to an ATM. You know, you can't, most places you can't even withdraw more than what, $600 a day. Mm-hmm. So how right. does one come up with five hundred thousand dollars cash like in a few hours or the next day? Right. I always wonder the same thing, and like this is the first time in a show. This is the first time I've ever seen anyone say, "I want to give you the money, but I don't know how." Yeah. So she comes and- up with another solution. She says that she's at Jordan Jordan Forster's house, who's a billionaire, and everything in this house is worth millions of dollars. Come here. And you could probably sell it off and make a million dollars easily. You'll get, you'll make it up what you owe plus some more. Mm-hmm. So he and agrees Isaac's to like, it. Yeah, they go to hey, their not, house. Not a bad idea. With the and intention then- of putting Junie into Amy's car, doing the robbery, and then everyone just walks away. Mm-hmm. So they but bring. That's not obviously. That's not how it works out. Right. I mean, they bring Dumb and Dumber. The the <laughs> what was it? Was it Bobby and Michael along? Bobby and Michael. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, at this point, um, you know Isaac's no longer friends with Paul and Danny because Danny let Isaac take the fall for the yeah like, he let him go to jail incident, for seven right? months and right. then he for eight months and, and then, then he stole all of his money and built a house. And also, Amy's the one who got Isaac out of jail, right? Because she said it was actually Danny. Or I, sorry if I'm messing up. Uh, I actually it. never knew who called in that tip. Right. I don't know I mean, who made that phone call. It, it had to have been Amy, right? Because she... I, I don't know. Well, I never regardless. was able to figure it out. Right. So anyway, like uh, like Isaac's in full rage mode. He, he you know, he's like... Uh, so he's holding them as much hostage as he's Junie to driving to Jordan's house. But uh, I think we're missing something critical because in episode eight, which is a whole like flashback to the childhood thing, we find out that Danny, uh, when Paul was about to... Play, I mean, Eliza, you alluded to this earlier. When Paul was applying to college... I mean, he was probably um, not exactly headed to Stanford or anything, but you know, he probably could have gotten into one of the UCs or UC Irvine or something or something like that. But uh, Danny can't stand losing Paul because 
we also get a flashback of Danny getting bullied in school, and then um, Paul, I think, kind of becomes his that friend. Been Paul, he was bigger than him. No, no, no. Paul's not the one bullying him. But I'm saying when Paul was born, he latched onto him as like, you have to be my friend now because you're my brother. So I, mm-hmm. I'm always mm-hmm. going to have a friend. And, you know, you see this because he's like, oh, I wish we could go to school together and be in the same grade, that kind of thing. But now the prospect of him staying at home. Getting left behind by Getting by left behind Paul. and Paul going off to college. He can't stand that. So he throws away Paul's paper applications. And I guess this is how Paul also never goes to college and um, kind of becomes who he is. And so it turns out that Danny was always despicable. Yeah, so Danny's the he's been he's been the one really holding Paul back, and all the things he berates Paul for for being lazy and stuff, it's all kind of because of Danny. Like, yeah, if Paul's going nowhere, it's all it's all your fault. This is gonna be important later on. So anyway, the the, the, the this like crack squad of you know <laughs> thugs they come to Jordan's house, and you know immediately things go wrong. There's like there's like a whole uh, panic room. There's a silent alarm that gets tripped. And it turns on to this chaotic shootout. Um, this is my uh, favorite episode of the whole series. I mean, it is it is like, yeah, a uh, climax. You, you hyped it up a lot and I was not disappointed. And uh, Jordan uh, dies a miserable death because... Oh, it's disgusting. She and um, Naomi are running to that, you know, aforementioned panic room. Naomi gets there first and, and Jordan's being chased by uh, the white dude. I think he's Michael. Michael. And yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, Naomi panics. In the panic room. Hits pushes the button the- to close the panic room door. Jordan is not fully through the door yet. And she yeah, gets and she, cut in half by the She door. gets like, guillotined at the midsection by the door. Dies pretty much instantly. Uh, no, that's the thing. She doesn't die instantly. That's what makes it horrible. She like... Because the door like slams. Because it's not a blade, right? So it's going to crush her gradually. So, you know, she like survives for... You know, maybe 10 seconds-ish before she's it's actually... one of the gnarliest deaths that we've seen. Right. And and then, you know, the police are coming and, you know, the Bobby and Isaac, they're like going down shooting. And then uh, at the time, Paul and you Danny mean Michael have been... and Isaac. Bobby's in the car sleeping. All right. He gets, he gets, he gets choked, sleep, uh, sleeper hold by uh, Paul. Uh, and then Paul and Danny have been kind of, you know, they've been locked in this kind of garden area with high walls. And then um, Paul is able to get over first because Danny gives him a boost. Uh, but, you know, they can't, he can't quite pull Danny up because the, the wall's too tall. And Why I th- didn't he just take his sweater off and like... Yeah, I, I, I saw people saying that too. But <laughs> um, I think it's like one of those things like, yeah. It like, has to happen Why? this way. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. We don't get our payoff. We don't get our payoff with the showdown between Amy and Paul, or Amy and Danny again at the end of episode nine. Right, right. Back to where it all began. It started right, right. with but, but a road rage that, incident. I, it started with a road rage incident, and it ends with a road rage incident. Right, right. But but before that, I, I actually really like the scene where, you know, Danny's trying to get Paul to leave him behind because he thinks, like, it, it, you know, unless Paul escapes, they're both done for. And obviously Paul's the very, you know, he, he's kind of, can be kind of a brat sometimes, but he is a loving brother. He's not going to leave Danny behind. So Danny comes clean and says, I'm the one who threw away college applications. And that's when Paul's like, okay, fuck you. I'm, I'm out then. So I thought that, that was a very, you know. We think that Paul gets shot too, because it sounds right, like Right, right, right. After that, there's like, this, you hear a couple of shots ring out and Danny's like calling out to Paul, but he doesn't call back. So then, but then Danny somehow escapes and then he, he 
he gets a car, hotwires it. Yeah. Then he happens to pass Amy by on the road, and Amy's like, "Oh hell no! I'm you know you're not getting away." They both crash. They get run off the road. They 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 have like a very rebel without a cause kind of chicken fight, and they go over a cliff to the soundtrack of Bjork's "All Is Full of Love." Oh, okay, that's probably that one of my plays. favorite scenes in the whole the whole series. Right, and then they, the the final episode is mostly about and then them. Episode ten gets really really surreal. Well, well, like quite literally, so because they they get high on some kind it, of it uh, opens psychedelic with the crows talking to each other. Yeah, and I thought this episode was a little drawn out. It's like okay, um, they're you know high. Well, I was okay with was, it. I was okay with it because. It, it, you know, this is the episode where episode 10 is the surreal episode where they have to spend two days in the desert together. They're both injured, their cars are destroyed, and they're wandering around in the desert together, starving, dehydrated, both injured, and uh, they have to now take care of each other so that they don't die. Right, and, and then they, she... they, they, they realize that they are soulmates. I don't know if they ever really become lovers. I know that that's implied heavily, but I think that they're more like soulmates. They have seen the worst in each other. They have seen the real people that they are. You know, only Amy knows the real Danny. Only Danny knows the real Amy because they're the same person. Yeah, because they're they you know they eat these psychedelic berries. They're like th- they're throwing up all the time. I guess it's kind of like a ayahuasca. They're tripping. Yeah, they're tripping trip. like crazy. And they think they're gonna die, so they're just like talking, mm-hmm. uh, revealing everything about themselves. Um, probably more they so start than finishing anybody else. Each other's sentences. Right, and then. They, they they almost make it up, but then uh, George shows up and thinks Danny's. Uh, you know kidnapped her or something and shoots danny but danny doesn't die well i'm, I'm pretty sure it doesn't die but he he's doesn't kind of die the in the very final scene amy is with him in the hospital he's hooked up to all the machines and she climbs into the hospital bed with him and she puts her head on his chest and her arms around him and then we hear smashing pumpkins mayonnaise and the light changes meaning days go by and she's with him every day in the hospital and in the very, very last moment before the credits roll, his arm moves to hold her. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't notice that. Good eye. Uh, but it's like, yeah, because at this point, they only have each other. Obviously, um, George. George put a restraining order on her so she will never yeah, see her like daughter she, again. He's getting a yeah, di- she, like, like divorce. Like Amy. Danny has... texted Paul, are you okay? And Paul texted back, F you, I'm blocking you. Right, so you know wh- whether it's Paul or Isaac, gone. Isaac or... is in jail like forever. Right, I thought Isaac should have gone down uh, bullet ridden, but I, I guess he was going to kept... do suicide by cop. I'm surprised he or survived. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know how he survived that, but I'm guessing they kept him around because he's going to be like a villain in the later seasons. Because it kind of made no sense, like seasons. Right, but like Lisa Jin said, over. he he apparently has like three seasons in mind. But, I know, but yeah, I don't want I don't I don't want there to be another season. I think the way it ends, I like things to just end. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know season two won't be good. Yeah, well, who, this who knows? Is a good really, episode. right? But this um, is a good season because 
You're never bored. It's fast paced. There is not one filler episode, which I cannot say about any other series. Even True Detective has filler Mm -hmm. episodes. And at the end of each episode, I just have to know what happens next. So I keep clicking next episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I enjoyed very- all the character development because that kind of character arc isn't something that we always see, especially in mainstream movies and shows. Definitely not Asian American TV or movies today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, it was very well paced. I can't think of like one episode that really dragged. Mm-hmm. And because it was like what thirty minutes each, the they're the length short. was they're perfect. Not, they're not cable hours. That's what I like right. about it. And I and you know each character got enough time where mm-hmm. you got to know them. But it, it, it was it was there was no character was like oh god now it's their arc. I don't really care about this. Kind of like I don't know something like Game of Thrones when it was like Bran's times. Like I don't care about Bran. Let's 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 move it along. It was never in the there was no sense of that. So. uh the pace was really tight, which is nice because, you know, Netflix or any streaming, you have a tendency to get bloated. Uh, but this was very mm-hmm. well disciplined. They're like, okay, let's keep it lean. Let's keep it sharp. Let's keep things moving. And I think that's why it worked really well. Netflix um, hasn't released anything good for a while. Yeah. Nothing, I mean, nothing like, that's really I watched one episode me. of Wednesday and that was not good. I felt not very not compelled to watch that. Um, yeah. I think the last time I binge watched any show on to this regard was probably squid game and that was like what two was years that ago netflix? Now? well it was it came out on netflix i mean netflix should get no credit for making that but mm-hmm. um it did come out on netflix and as i said there is that asian spirit that lives on in uh beef that is so absent in like say yeah. everything everywhere all at once crazy rich asians um a- any of the more standard asian american stuff so that, that's why I'm excited for this. It's like, okay, there is now this infusion of a, of a new element. And I'm, I'm excited where people will go with it. I'm hoping people won't just copy this, but there oh, is God. now, now it feels like there's a new lane. There's like a new lane you can go into. And it's not actually, as I said, it's not actually that new because Better Luck Tomorrow already did it. But who would have thought reason- that Ali Wong would be part of it too? She's a, she's a talented woman, you know, so like you, you can never predict uh, what she can do. But I, I thought mm-hmm. she was very good in this role. There was like, I forget in what context, but there's like a one scene where it's just like a close up of her just talking. And remember in Pearl where there's just like a 10 minute close up of uh, Pearl just, just talking where yeah. she's like confessing that she uh, murdered her parents or something to her best friend. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, yeah, it's just uncut and you just see her kind of like, gradually losing. I remember there being something similar with Amy and I thought like it's a, that was very, a very good scene. unflattering just not just the character but physically it's a very unflattering role for Ali Wong most of the time she's in that horrible uh outfit with that the wig. Uh, you mean the she's blonde wearing that thing? wig and then she, she her outfits whoever did the costume design for this show really went out to make Ali just look so frumpy well, she has that weird, like, granny hat that she wears for, like, the first few episodes, right? Where well, she cuts her hair off. I think it just gets worse. <laughs> and she goes blonde for a while when she's and in her... And she's got the bangs and the girl bob, boss face, which make her then... look like she's 60 years old. She looks <laughs> menopausal. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah, I I have to just say, you know, bravo, the show. I, I'm, I'm kind of a hater, especially when it comes to Asian-American stuff. But, oh, you know, you know I, I am. 
I'm the biggest <laughs> and I, you know, too. As I said, I did have some issues with it, mainly that, especially with the whole like gender relations thing, I thought I could have done that more. But besides that, um, it's done something that I haven't seen Asian American creative work do in, in quite a long time. So I want to tip my hat off to everyone involved here. And bravo. Yeah. So if like everything everywhere all I want signals an end of a certain Asian American cultural arc, this could be the start of something new. And I, I think it is. It's like, okay, we've had enough with the the, the sappy weepy stuff. I think everyone Yeah, is, no is, no more of that sad sack stuff. No more. Right, no more identity I, talk. <laughs> no more dating woes. No more generational trauma stuff. Yeah, so let's let just let's just put No our... more trying to get into Ivy League schools and then being really hurt when it doesn't happen. No more mm-hmm. crushing on white people and being like it's the end of the world because they didn't notice you. <laughs> no more. Yeah, and I and I think what I think what a lot of people appreciate about this is that it, it was respectful of just like Asian American society. It mm-hmm. didn't try to be like blaming it all in our culture. No, it, it didn't just like pluck one or two people out and and said, okay, these are your avatars and how they succeed in the more like mainstream world is is what you should be rooting for as well. No, it was like it kind of got into the grimy, uh, not so glamorous world of just you know kind of like Asian American loser types, also. A, a higher class of Asian American loser types, you know, they're, they're not, they're kind of in their own world. All their friends are Asian and, you know, they, they mostly are dating or married to other Asians. Uh, and this wasn't seen as some kind of world you have to escape from. This was just their world there. That's what they knew. And people really paid attention to that and appreciated that. And not just Asians, but it's like, well, I think one of Netflix's biggest hits definitely this year. I mean, this year is only a few months old, but I think in, in a long time, uh, it's, it's, I think, one of their standout series. And you know, it's not like it got a lot of hype. It doesn't have, like... I mean, yeah, Ellie Wong is probably the most famous person in here, but it's not like she's some really headliner. Really, over Steven? Well, Steven Yeun is, is a bigger name, but it's not like he... I think Ellie Wong is more of an individual star and in that she's headlined one-woman shows. I mean, Steven Yeun has never been the star of, like, a mainstream thing. Like, he's oh, had he interesting roles. got nominated for Best Actor. Wasn't it Best Supporting Actor in Immunity? I thought it was Best Actor. Oh, regardless. But that also was like a small indie film. It wasn't some big hit type of thing. It was certainly very appreciated, but, you know, it, it was a The reason film. nobody remembers that he was nominated for Best Actor is because that was the year that Chadwick Boseman was posthumously nominated for Best yeah, Actor. That was also too. the COVID year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, that, that also. The probably... Oscars that nobody watched. Yeah, that was the Nomadland year, it right? Because <laughs> I torture myself. Oh, no. <laughs> the, con- um, the Oscars, otherwise known as like the Constellation Prizes. <laughs> uh, so A twenty four puts out pretty much all the Asian American content worth talking about now, right? Right, and then uh, uh, Tina and I, we we kind of went back and forth and theorized why this is. My theory is that they're moneyballing. They are like, okay, we can't compete with Universal, Fox, uh, Disney, but we can. Uh, so we need to get our money's worth. So what's mm-hmm. underappreciated but has a potentially large return? They're like Asian American talent. Mm-hmm. They're cheap. The big studios don't really want them. <laughs> so we're like, you know they how got, like, um, yeah, we're like, you know how like Saw was one of the biggest 
like profiting movies or something of all time or like Directed a Blair Witch. James like, Wan. Yeah, we're like the, out of all the races, we're like the Saw movies of race. We are the ones that are cheap to make but can, in ratio-wise, bring in a lot of return. And A24 is certainly taking advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Um, They've got another one coming out, The Sympathizer, but I don't, I'm not excited about that one, but I don't know. I don't we'll know. I, I didn't really like that novel that much, so I have I, I the just, novel, and I have not, I have not gotten around to it yet. I'm just very not interested in Asian Americans. You, you takes have um, on Asian wars. That's mm-hmm. why I don't particularly care about Pachinko, even though I don't think it's really Pachinko's about boring. a war. I tried yeah, to read like, it after our um, when we were on that panel together for the Baltimore mm-hmm. Book Festival, and we yeah. we brought up Pachinko. I tried reading it, and. Uh, I did not find it exciting, so I didn't watch the series either. I'm much more interested in, say, something like Free Food for Millionaires, because that's actually about Asian America, as opposed to an Asian American's take on, like, early 20th century Korean life in Japan. I mean, like, my whole I, thing is that it's got Sandra Oh in it. I don't want to watch it. I'm not impressed by her. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm not really interested in Viet Thanh Nguyen's take on, on the Vietnam War. It's like, so... Yeah, I'd give rather us more him. fun stuff. Come on, give us one more middle brow stuff. That one sounds... I mean, I think that's the epitome of middle brow, though. The I think, sympathizer I think sounds like it wants to be really prestigious, you know? Right, but that that is that is middle brow, though. Middle brow is that mainstream prestige. Um, I think you want something more kind of low brow, which actually, though, is going to be more prestigious because you're going to have more artistic freedom. So you can do something cooler than... Your standard. I want more of this, Oscar but I don't want a formula, and I don't want this to be remade over and over again. You mean what, beef? What, what are they really going to give us for season two? What? So, so what are they going to do? They're going to give it. Uh, Danny and Amy are now lovers, and then George is out to get them, and so is Paul, and so is Isaac. I can't, I can't see George doing anything harmful. Like he's probably going to he be shot uh, Danny. Right, he but he's probably Danny. He's probably going to cry about it for the rest of his life. If there's a season two, I will probably not tune in. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a season two person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. So we're like almost at an hour and a half. A- anything you didn't get to say that you want to say? No, I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good too. All right. So Liza, great talking with you. Um, great to come back on plan A. We, we've been trying to do this beef. pod for a few days, but we keep having technical difficulties. So sorry to the audience that this is a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm sure a lot of people have watched it by now. I, I just realized we didn't even do a spoiler warning at the beginning, but... Yes, I mean, we I did. Just... I did. Oh, really? Okay. For some reason, I don't remember it. All right. Okay. Uh, thanks for tuning in, everyone, and we'll catch you next time. Bye, everyone. <laughs>